Hey everyone, I'm Jesse Sparks, host of the new podcast, The One Recipe, from the team behind The Splendid Table. This pod is all about that one recipe that you lean on. The one you share with friends, the one you make when you need a little love, and the one you know will work every single time. Every week, I talk with chefs and gifted cooks from all over the world about their one and the story behind it. We're here to help you build your kitchen library one dish at a time. Follow The One Recipe wherever you get your podcasts. The world is a dumpster fire. I'm Amy. And I'm Grace. And we want to fucking help. We're comedy writers in Los Angeles, so we're taking those bad news lemons and making them into lemonade. Beyonce reference. (laughs) We talk about cultural moments we love. Talk to people we adore. Crushes we have. And self-care we stand. During these trying times, we all need a show that focuses on joy. This is The Antidote. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another week of The Antidote. You are our constant antidote. So thank you for being here. Yes. Thank you, listeners. And also, it's fall time, you know. And I'm not trying to be like a Trader Joe's ad or anything, but I know I said my antidote a few weeks back. (laughs) You kind of are. (laughs) (laughs) My my antidote was a Trader Joe's overnight oats. And I went to Trader Joe's yesterday, and they had pumpkin-flavored overnight oats. (gasps) I had to get them. I had to snatch them up. So, so you 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 love the pumpkin. You you like the pumpkin and the fall spices are, are your jam. Well, I, I like a seasonal snack. I won't even say it's fall specific. I think there's something fun even outside of Trader Joe's when the seasons change and you get to have something that's just for that season. But yeah. I think I, I'll, I'll be honest. I think Trader Joe's kind of overdoes it with the pumpkin. Like you don't need pumpkin mochi and like pumpkin burritos and like pumpkin egg rolls. <laughs> pumpkin I'm like, calm burrito. down. Yeah, they do too much. Calm down. Yeah. You, try, you have a pumpkin patch. That's why you <laughs> got so much pumpkin. But um, do you like holiday I, food? I like. I do. You know, it's so interesting. It's always the end of the year where we get like special snacks or whatever special foods. I'm more of a Christmas snack person mm, because what's a I Christmas love. Snack? Like like um, like a peppermint brownie or like oh, yeah. oh. you know like peppermint in I guess I just like peppermint <laughs> so that's usually uh, related mocha, with Christmas <laughs> uh, so I do I do uh, enjoy those or you know what at Starbucks they used to have this thing they probably still do it's like a cranberry like cake thing. Oh, it's got like a little frosting and like little dried cranberries. I on top. remember this. Yeah, I've seen yeah. It. It's very yummy. So uh, that uh, uh, is part of the reason my waistline is what it is. But I um, I love <laughs> a, a special, yeah, I do like a special snack. I mean, you don't really see that as much in spring and summer. It's usually fall and winter. So we're getting into that season. Uh, I do want to shout out um, an Instagram account that our amazing producer just told us about called Black Girls in Trader Joe's. And I'm like, this account is my life because it's literally like what black people buy at Trader Joe's. <laughs> yeah, it is different. different. We like uh, different things. You know, we like a little spice in our shit. You know, I do really think there are black snacks. <laughs> there are black snacks. She literally took a, a like pecan pralines. That's a black snack. That's Organic a black snack. maple butter. That's a black snack. I'm looking mm-hmm. at things that she's posted recently. Uh, banana pudding flavored ice cream. Come on, black snack. That's the blackest snack I've ever heard. Mama's biscuits. That's black as hell. <laughs> <laughs> Trader Joe's, you appropriating our culture? <laughs> is Tr- is Mr. Joe actually? Was he black? <laughs> Maybe he's black. 
Maybe that's why there's so many delicious things. Maybe he wants some black in him. (laughs) (laughs) Way back, you know, he did a he did a 23 in me and he's like 10% from Nigeria. Uh, aren't you all? <laughs> Are we all? Well, you know, speaking of a snack, uh, we have Solomon Giorgio, my um, beautiful co-worker, coming on very soon. So we had a really fun conversation. So we can't wait for you guys to hear that. He a tall glass of water. You can't see it on a podcast. So you're going to have to follow him on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, follow him on Instagram. <laughs> uh, so, but Amy, Amy, Amy. We wouldn't need the antidote if we didn't have something to get an antidote from. Yeah, starting now up top with our bummer news of the week. I'm sure you've noticed this, okay? Scam robotechs are increasingly skyrocketing. A new source let us know that the Federal Communications Commission issued an advisory last month about substantial increases in scam robotech complaints. The agency said this, along with reports by non-governmental robocall and robotech blocking services, has made it clear, quote, that text messages are increasingly being used by scammers to target American consumers. Yeah, I get texts all the time. The FCC has implemented several steps to stop unwanted robocalls in recent months, including a rule that phone carriers must implement caller ID authentication to help reduce scam calls and block by default any illegal or unwanted calls based on, quote, reasonable call analytics. But I'll tell you, the caller ID thing doesn't really work. Uh, It does say scam likely, but then also sometimes it says somebody's name and I'm just confused. Yeah. I I mean, here's how I feel. Um, I'll be, you know, I have a little Apple watch. So whenever I get a text, it's like, boos, boos, my breast or whatever. I'm just like, ooh, look at all these texts I'm getting. I'm popular. And then (laughs) some brand offering like 3% off some socks I bought like 10 years ago. Like, how you still got my number? Okay. You know? And and then sometimes you do the little stop to quit thing and it does not work. They still, they still be blowing my shit up. For anyone who's having trouble with robotext, one thing that I did was go into the settings on my phone and just go into text messages, scroll all the way down and say filter unknown senders. And then at least you can keep them separate from your inbox in your texts. But that's not the only bit of bummer news today. The other thing is that I read in Bloomberg that remote work drove over 60% of the house price surge. Um, The shift to working from home drove more than half of the increase in home and rent prices during the pandemic and will likely drive up costs and inflation going forward as the shift becomes permanent, according to research from the Federal Reserve Bank of San Francisco. In fact, uh, Grace and I were actually reading on Yahoo Finance exactly why this is happening. Basically, home sellers across the country have become discouraged by the slowing housing market as higher mortgage rates reduce house buying demand. But at the same time, the tight supply of homes for sale has caused more would-be buyers to be locked into the rental space. So... Yeah, and the rents are getting higher, Yeah, too. rent is supposed to be a more economical alternative to buying, and now renting sucks, too. Yeah, I mean, this it's just really hard... Um, that, you know, people need a place to live. People need a, a roof to have over their head. I mean, I'm um, exploring buying a home. I think I've talked about this before in the podcast. And yeah, it's it's disturbing. Like, what do I do? Like, part of me is just like, oh, should I rent until the market cools down? But then also rent is higher, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so it's kind of like, what is the better financial decision? And I was telling Amy recently, I was just like, oh, yeah, I feel like I need to, like, sit down with, like, a money person and have them explain everything to me because it's sort of like 
People are just like, I've talked to real estate agents, of course, who are just like, buy now. You should buy now because this is the time to buy. And then I've talked to other people who are just like, uh, buying is a scam. <laughs> like, <laughs> you, uh, like maybe when people used to live in the same home for like 10, 20 years, it was good. But now, like, you know, there can be an argument made for renting long term because it keeps more of your money liquid, you know? So it's, it's interesting, like these debates. And I think that the conventional knowledge of buying a house is great for everyone. It needs to be sort of adjusted, you yeah. know? I, I think it's just not a one-size-fits-all thing for anyone. I think that, you know, you should take an evaluation of, like, where you live, like, how the housing market is, like, yeah. like what, what are the property taxes? Like, what are the mortgage rates? I think there's just a lot of factors, but I think that our parents' generation, for sure, we're told that, like, you must buy a house in order to be successful as a human being in America. But I think that we should just all be be investigating it more instead of making it sort of like a one-size-fits-all, you know, situation. Yeah, yeah, especially as economic disparity increases. Um, wow. Like, yeah, how do you feel after discussing this, Grace? Well, not the best. I mean, I keep we keep doing stories about the housing market. I'm just like, girl, what you finna do? Like, <laughs> what you gonna do about this thing? I don't want to live in a. Um, I my apartment building is lovely, but I I've just outgrown it. I'm just too like crotchety and old now <laughs> to be living with these. <laughs> like I I live above a musician and next to a DJ, no! so you know what that's like. <laughs> So I'm just like, you know what? This is a young woman's game. This, this shit. This, <laughs> this is a young woman's game. I can't be, I can't be out here like this. So, um, so I, I need to figure out what I'm gonna do next. This is exactly why we need the antidote. We need a break from all this. So, okay, let's get into it. This is the segment where we tell you about the culture we consumed and things we did this week that made us feel better about the bummer news. What was your antidote this week, Grace? Well, uh, like I've mentioned before, I am in New York City for work. And um, so my antidote is very, it's very basic, I guess. It's just like the weather because, you know, I live in sunny California um, usually. And, you know, I've been there for about four years. And the one beautiful thing about LA that nobody can ever question is the weather. It's very consistent. It's usually between 70 and 80 every day, and that's in the winter and in the summer. Mm -hmm. You might have some hotter days and a fluke colder day, yeah, but typically during the day, during daylight hours, it's usually between 70 and 80, and it might drop down a little chillier at night. But for the most part, you can rely that it's probably not going to rain. It's probably not going to be cold enough for you to have a real winter coat. Um, and that's where I've been living for the past four years. And, you know, during the pandemic, and in, in especially, I really just stayed in L.A. for that time. So now I'm back in New York and it's fall. 
And it's just every day is a new adventure. <laughs> like, <laughs> I love that. When I got here, it was still pretty warm. So I was wearing some of my L.A. clothes. I, could, I busted out my sandals. Okay. I had a little, this cute little um, Zara set. Actually, I learned about it from Monroe Steele, my favorite influencer. Uh, she is like a little white crop top and a little like midi white skirt. And, you know, I was wearing stuff like that the first week. And then halfway through the first week, it started to get a little chilly. I was like, okay, it's a little bite in the air. So I'm going to wear some jeans and a sweater. And uh, let me throw this little jacket on. Yeah. And But this week has been a little rainy. Mm. So, you know, I busted out my umbrella, you know, that gets very little use in Los Angeles. <laughs> uh, so I have my little umbrella. Did you put on some boots? Yeah, some boots. I wore my Ugg boots this morning, brought my little umbrella, and I was like, it was kind of sprinkling and uh, just walking down the street in New York, listening to Beyonce, because when am I not listening to Beyonce? And um, it was just so nice. And I just love boots and coats and um, sweaters. And, you know, I have those things in LA and I wear them occasionally, but it feels necessary in New York, you know what I'm saying? Sometimes I'll wear a sweatshirt in LA. I'm just like, girl, it's fully 80 degrees outside. <laughs> like, why? Why do you have a sweatshirt on? Um, but um, in L- in New York, it's just like, oh, I have a sweatshirt on because it's actually cold. Yeah, I love this. I actually really, you're, you're making me realize, like, I really love fall fashion as well as fall snacks. Uh-huh. And you saying uh-huh. this, I'm like, yeah, I, I love a jacket. I love a sweatshirt. I love a boot. And like, L.A., you're right. It is, like, sometimes a little forced. (laughs) It's like the weather drops to 68 degrees and everyone's, like, in a full park outside. Like, yay, we get to dress like it's cold. (laughs) No, no, me and um, the showrunner of the show that I'm on. Hi, Danielle. Um, So we both talked about how, like, when we first got to L.A., she's, she's been living there much longer than me, but, like, you, I would I would make fun of people. Like, I remember my first show in L.A., I was just like, it was like 60 degrees out and people were in full jackets. And I was just like, yes. guys are like little bitches. Like, what are you doing? Like, <laughs> I, I, it's like, it's literally not cold. And now I am that person. I am that girl. <laughs> I, one time in L.A. I saw someone wearing a scarf with a short sleeve shirt. <laughs> Wow, you really trying to act like it's fucking chill. LA. Yeah, I just you know. But I get it. So I'm really excited. Yeah. And then also New York fashion in general. I mean, yeah. it's just different. It's, it's like different. it's like sleeker. It's black. It's like you know very sophisticated in in certain spaces. Um. So I'm also excited to like shake up. Like I wear a lot of athleisure in LA because what everybody does. So I'm excited to just shake up pieces and like go shopping for like new little things that I'll probably just save to wear next time I'm in New York again. Uh, so, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's been lovely, um, not waking up in the morning and kind of not knowing fully what the weather is going to be like. Cause it, it, it just reminds me also of just growing up and being in New York for all those years. It just, it's giving me like the warm fuzzies um, and I'm, I'm excited to be like cozy. I'm with you. I completely agree. I love being cozy. Yeah. yeah. Beyonce reference. <laughs> that was that was my antidote. What was yours this week, Amy? Uh, my antidote was uh, I got a new pair. Of, I'm getting, they haven't arrived yet. I'm getting a new pair of glasses. 
Ooh, let's discuss what it what, yeah. what are they like? Well, first of all, I, I you know, I had to go to the eye doctor and um they they send me all these like alerts like it's time. It's time. Please come see us. Please. Your eyes need us. And I was like all panicked. <laughs> and I went and I was like, oh, I took too long to come, didn't I? And they're like, no, you're almost a year to the day. I actually congratulated my eye doctor because I was like, oh, you send those reminders at the right time because it took me like two months <laughs> to pay attention. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, we, we does this. So, <laughs> but I was coming out and I really like my glasses. Um, during the pandemic, I switched to like these like thinner gold frames um, that are Ray-Bans and I really like them. But when I went to the eye doctor, I was going to just swap out the lenses. And then I was kind of like, let me try a new frame. Um, mm-hmm. And But someone recently told me that my gold frames, like they kind of, when they think of me, they think of me with these gold frames. And I was like, I like that. Because I used to always wear like thick black, like I'm a writer frames. Like I can't see, you know, <laughs> I'm moody, I'm dark. <laughs> and then like during the pandemic, I was just like, everything is so dark. I want to have brightness around me. And I started like getting like my nails a little louder and getting gold mm-hmm. frames. Because I was just like, I just want to look at myself on the Zoom and be happy that I look animated or something. Um, yeah, they call that like uh, like serotonin dressing or something. something oh, like yeah. Oh shit. Yeah, there's like actually a name I've for never it. Heard like bright, that. bright colors. Um, oof. What is it called? Dopamine dressing. That's dopamine what it's called. Dressing. Dopamine dressing. But I think yes. I was just like, oh, I'm tired. I'm sad. Let me put some bright on my face. And yeah. So I went and I chose these new glasses at my eye doctor, and I'm excited. They're the same gold, but they're going to be more mm-hmm. square. And, okay. and the reason why I'm choosing this as my antidote is because I think glasses are very, for me, I'm like super almost blind. And I'm like, so they're very functional for me. Um, mm-hmm. And being able to say, no, I want them to be part of my fashion and like have them be something that I like look forward to putting on instead of just like I need to see um, is something mm-hmm. that I've sort of been stepping into more. Because when I had to make the switch from contacts to glasses, I was kind of sad. Um, my eyes were and I quote, starved for oxygen. So oh, <laughs> my, my eye doctor said Are I my can't. eyes oxygenated? I don't know. <laughs> you know I haven't been to the eye doctor since I was a child. You should go. Because <laughs> it's not just about vision. Grace has perfect vision, but it's not just about vision. They can see if you're getting glaucoma. They can tell if you have high blood pressure. Yeah, I have that go. in my family. Yeah, I should you, you should go. go. <laughs> so yeah, guys, yeah. go to the eye doctor, Not even if you can see. But I, I used to be, I was kind of sad when I first had to transition to glasses. And the more I've started to embrace, no, it's a fashion statement and it's you choosing how you present yourself, the more I've enjoyed Mm -hmm. wearing glasses. So I'm excited for them to arrive. It'll be like a gift to me, my own personal Beyonce box (laughs) (laughs) from my optometrist. Um, So yeah, yeah. I will say when it's rainy, since your antidote was weather, when it's rainy, wearing glasses sucks. (laughs) Everywhere I I go, I'm blind and I walk inside, they fog up. (laughs) I'm like, oh, I hate this, but... Yeah, I would think so. Yeah, I mean, I... I love that. I love that uh, there's something that you're going to put on your body that makes you smile. Every single day. That's great. Every single day. Every single day. So listeners, if there's something that you can do, go go outside, breathe some fresh air, enjoy the weather as your antidote, and then maybe choose something pretty that's just for you to put on. Um, Yeah, it's a little dopamine dressing for yourself. You know, whether it's glasses or just a new, like, fun color uh, sweatshirt or, or, uh, cause most of the country is really going into the cooler weather right now, which is great. Yeah. If you guys tried any of our antidotes at home, share them with us using the hashtag that's my antidote or leave us a voicemail at 833-684-3683. One more time. That's 833-684-3683. 
3683. We'll be back after the break. Welcome back to The Antidote. We have a special guest today. Who is it, Grace? Our guest today is a brilliant comedian, actor, writer, and overall motherfucking delight. He's written for shows like Shrill, High Fidelity, and the upcoming Netflix show Survival of the Thickest with me. And let me tell you, he fine too, in and out of drag, okay? You can see for yourself because he has appeared on shows like Drunk History, Two Dope Queens, Crashing, and Hacks. Please welcome the host of the Juice podcast and one of my favorite humans, Solomon Giorgio. It was too nice. That was too nice. Can we do it again and be mean? Be mean. Be mean. Okay. What can I He's so good looking say? and makes me angry. He is a trash person and he says Thank you so mean much. things every day. Well, that's actually very true. Uh, <laughs> and his wig wall is not that fabulous. That's a lie. That's all. Okay, now we can back up. I'm lying. We can back up. <laughs> I'm lying. I'm just struggling to come up with negative things to say. Well, Solomon is very impressive, but we aren't here to talk about your many, many, many accomplishments, okay? We're here to get deep. So let us check in first. Uh, how are you feeling today? Like for real, not small talk, you know, <laughs> real tea. Um, you know what? Today was a very, it's, it's been, I've actually been very good at taking care of myself these past uh, few weeks. So I'm feeling pretty relaxed. I'm at ease. Oh, yeah. No, you just came back from um, Palm Springs, right? Yes. Palm Springs will do that to you. Mm-hmm. I was just by the pool drinking pina coladas. Yum. I love that. I love that you're so relaxed. I love that Palm Springs vibed you out. So let's keep those good vibes going. We need that right now. This show is called The Antidote because life is hard and we all need different antidotes to deal with all the BS. So what is your antidote? In other words, what is something non-work related that's bringing you joy this week or this month? I'm very, I'm very, very good at, um, at being allowed, at being kind to myself. I'm very, mm-hmm. that's kind of a very integral thing that I always do. Mm-hmm. I tend to create a lot of self-obstacles mm-hmm. and uh, what I do is I'm now at the place where I give myself a lot of permission uh, to do things. And that's kind of, that's usually kind of my, like my antidote is be like, be like, be mad, be annoyed, be frustrated mm. and re- go, go out and do whatever you need to do. Um, but mostly that, uh, involves, uh, just, uh, getting drunk and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> flirting with boys. <laughs> I love that. Well, how, how did you get it. into the practice of being kinder to yourself? Like, how did you start to practice self-love in that way? For me specifically, it was always just a, a need to be an overachiever, mm. and um, and I think that's like like it was also like part of like hustle culture. Mm-hmm. Like it's, I think that's the millennial uh, curse is hustle yeah. culture, grinding, working every se- every single hour you can possibly yeah. work, mm-hmm. and I'm and I think the like like that toxic positivity is what mm. it's called. <laughs> yeah. And I essentially was like, I am working hard. Mm-hmm. I am doing too much. What am I and. So yeah, there, you you accomplish a lot out of it, but you don't appreciate those accomplishments, and then you try to focus on something even bigger, and then you're like, "What am I? I'm not. I'm I'm lost in the shuffle. Right. All I'm all I am is a list of accomplishments." Mm-hmm. And now I'm just like, I'm just a I'm just Solomon now. I'm just like, you are allowed to do whatever you want. You've done so much in your life mm-hmm. that if you decide to retire at this moment, you could. You could. Yeah, <laughs> you, could. you better do it. That's right. I, I mean, but don't retire yet yeah, just, uh, because we still need you. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, push you out of the industry. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta get gone. It's just mostly. It's mostly just not doing that thing where I'm like, I have 90 jobs at one yeah. time. Yeah. It's just doing like, 
I, I'm I'm taking I'm I'm my because I still say it's immigrant mindset. I'm like mm. I'm still gonna work hard, but it's like just two jobs. I, that's <laughs> I, that's a really good practice. I have to be honest. I have always been someone that the fewer things I have on my plate, nothing gets done. I kind of have yeah. to stack mm. it, and but then there's like a tipping point, right, where it's like, whoop, mm-hmm. it has become overstacked, and I'm like, and then <laughs> yeah. suddenly everything's going to the wayside. But there is like this like window of like okay don't put too many things but it comes from we're all immigrants on this little fucking zoom and like that's that's where it comes from is that like we just got in this country don't fuck it up (laughs) 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 keep striving my mom used to tell me that they could send me back no like my mom used to say (laughs) like she used to tell me and my brother they could send you back they used to make it good wait that was a threat she said like do the dishes or they'll send you back no it wasn't anything like that she's just like you know you guys you know you have citizenship but it's conditional they can send you back (gasps) (laughs) (laughs) she's like they could send you back like if you do anything too wrong If I report you. If you, like, commit a felony. I think she was trying to keep us out of jail. Oh, my God. So great. That's effective. Yeah, it was effective. I was like, oh, no, I don't even know the people back there. So I got to be good. My mom did use to threaten CPS. She would be like, if you you act up, I'll call CPS. And I'm like, what? (laughs) (laughs) But you would get in trouble, lady. (laughs) Yeah, they would put you in jail and then take me away. Yeah, but I also, it's it's an effective threat. It's like, but then you'd be gone. So, what you- <laughs> yeah, my biggest trouble would be out of this house. <laughs> Jail sounds peaceful after taking care of these damn kids. <laughs> but yes, that immigrant hustle mentality, like quieting that voice that's oh, telling. But mine, really mine also, I think specifically, is just saying no. I'm very good yeah, at that yes, now. I used to not be. Yes, I used to be very yes. much like yes, 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 yes. Now I'm like, you know what? No. Nah. I ain't gonna do that. You know what? <laughs> also, Solomon, I feel like we've talked about this before, that we were in our 30s when we got our first big break as far as writing or whatever it goes. And so I think that when you wait a little bit, uh, then when your agents or your managers are coming to you, like, how about this? You're just like, oh, I have to take it. Like, nobody would, mm-hmm. would it, I couldn't yeah. even get fired in this town. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> for so long. So I think that, you know, that at least for me contributes to it too. It's just like, oh, yes. I feel blessed to have these opportunities because I had to really fight to get here. So it feels like weird sometimes to be turning down so much, but yeah. I've gotten good at it, too, because I like sleep. Oh, sleep is... I bought my first brand new bed, like, probably, like, the first time on my own, like, three years ago, mm. three, four years ago. And I was like, from this point on, I'm going to spend as much time in this as possible. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so tell me, um, what's the mattress? What's the name of the mattress? Like, what what, what you work with? I, it's, it's, I, went, I went for the Casper knockoff called Zionist. So it's a Z. And it's... It's there. I, I feel like it's the same quality, but it's half the price. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Zionist, that is a tip uh, from mm-hmm. Solomon Giorgio, friends. If you want a Casper mattress, but you want to spend all that money, get a Zionist. Unless like Casper a better becomes name. one of our sponsors, in which I will renege that statement. <laughs> <laughs> Play your cards right, And also, Casper. if Casper becomes a also, sponsor Casper, for my uh, podcast, I never mentioned that. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's talk about your podcast just a little bit. You know, it's called The yes. Juice. And um, mm-hmm. I know it's based on gossip. I, the episodes I've listened to are so, so funny. I want to hear about yes. what's your favorite type of gossip. Um, I like, I like workplace gossip. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just because I'm like, as much as I love celebrity gossip, I don't, it's just, I feel like there's an inundation that's been happening with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I like anything like 
like especially the deeper you get into this industry, the more like oh like you feel almost like separate from like regular culture. And yeah. then now like so every chance I get, like it's just anyone who has a piece of information, whether it's true or not, I do not care no. about truth when it comes <laughs> no. to gossip at all. No, I, I mean it's called exaggerate. gossip. It's not called truth. You know? <laughs> I love that you love workplace gossip because my mom works at a hospital and she is always sharing gossip and I won't share the gossip or she'll be like, why are you trying to get me fired? They can send me back. <laughs> and I'm, like, I'm not going to share the gossip. But she, there are times where she'll just be like, oh, the latest at the hospital is this. And I'm just like, I'm just <laughs> oh. eating it up because it's people I don't know. <laughs> Their lives are in mm. shambles. <laughs> it's so beautiful to hear like a story of someone else's drama and just being like, I wonder how it turns out. It's like your own TV show in your head. Like the, my favorite feeling in the world is to watch somebody like sit down and be like, let me tell you something. And you're like, that is exactly the way you should start a sentence when you like, like when people are like, try to do small talk and be like, How, how's the weather? Be like, fuck that. No. So just be like, you want to hear some shit? I'm like, yes, yes I do. <laughs> I want, okay, so boom. And I'm like, oh, we're in it. <laughs> yeah, first of all, that's when black, when a black person says boom, that's when you know that shit about yes. to be fire. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? That's when it's going to be a very good story. So Solomon. Yes. What would you say is your proudest non-career accomplishment that you've had? Oh, wow. You know what? I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, I do karaoke every once in a while. What? And, uh, and I'm, I'm a terrible singer. However, I learned to manipulate my voice in such a way throughout several songs uh, where I own the Whoa. crowd. And those oh, are, uh, those are what my are the moments. songs? What are the songs? I love karaoke. <laughs> Uh, Hera Belafonte, Jump in the Line. Nice. At least one out of every three wow. times a conga line starts because of uh-huh. me. Oh <laughs> my gosh. Uh-huh. That's incredible. That's so fun. What's another one? Uh, there's also, I do Lionel Richie all night long. Ooh. Uh, Classic. I've done, That's a good uh, one. Kenny Loggins Footloose every once in a while. And I do a pitch perfect uh, version of Under the Sea as well. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I love karaoke. And my opening song is always Kissed by Prince. I won't even sing a song until I have sung Kissed by Prince. So I definitely miss singing a lot. So sometimes karaoke takes on too much significance in my life because I'm like, oh my God, this is my moment. These bitches don't even know. I can actually sing. And then I will go and then, yeah, somebody will grab another mic. And I was like, no, 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 no. (laughs) What are they doing? But I don't want to miss a moment. And it always like upsets me, but you can't like be a poor sport. No. So you're just kind of like, oh, oh uh, I guess you're singing it with me now, Angela. <laughs> oh, you no, know? I say no. I, I, say no I always say you need I, another. You need me. You need someone else to help you because I become a real ham. <laughs> like once I've been unleashed at karaoke, I can't sit down again. <laughs> <laughs> like, because and I think it's the same thing, Grace. Like I sang choir in high school. Like I did musical yeah. theater shit, and I, I took opera lessons as a kid. So it's like, as an adult, where are you singing for people? And something just like taps into me when at a karaoke booth, especially when it's a private room with your friends. That I'm just like, yeah. you need me to sing oh, on that yeah. too. Oh. oh, I know this one. Do you want me to sing? <laughs> you want to do backup? You need yeah. a backup dancer. Yeah, I'll exactly. be up there. I'm up there dancing. Okay. My voice is like prep now that I. <laughs> <laughs> You see, I'm warmed up. My, my, my vocals are warm. So whatever you need. I'm so sorry, oh, but my oh, voice is Oh, I could rap the Jay-Z part in that Beyonce song. I could I could go, ho. Oh, there's a harmony there. You want me to, there's, I, there's a melody too. I can get that. It's really insufferable. 
<laughs> See, I'm not I'm not that good. <laughs> so <laughs> Oh, oh, Solomon, the worst part is I'm not that good. I just love it that much. Like <laughs> Oh, I like I will sing my fuck like if I'm I will sing loudly from that point on. Like you if you are near the stage, you will be able to hear yeah. my voice in yeah. the crowd. I just won't grab <laughs> <Yeah>. the <laughs> <laughs> Respect. <laughs> So, Solomon, actually, it's really funny. Our researcher found something that we actually talked about today Mm -hmm. at work, um, which is slugging. Oh, my God. Yes. Uh, So (laughs) you you have gotten into, you know, you you have beautiful skin and you're into skincare. Uh, So Mm. explain to me what slugging is for our uh, listeners. Pretty much just any petroleum based product uh, like I like a like a like a Vaseline Mm. or um, or a uh, like I I use a CeraVe uh, healing ointment, which is also petroleum based, mm-hmm. and you just put a thin layer of it on your face, and it's sort of I don't know like it just like it kind of locks in moisture. Mm-hmm. It's it's a great like skin preserver f- somehow. I'm not I'm not too sure about the science mm-hmm. behind it, uh, but yeah, you do I do I do personally myself like two three times a week, uh-huh. and it has been like the coolest thing for the texture on my face. It's been the do best. you do it in the morning <laughs> at night or I just do it. Yeah, I do it at night. Mm-hmm. I sleep with it on. Um, throw down my satin pillow sheet, yeah. pillowcase, yeah, so and slide around on that thing. Clock out. They're so so sexual. She's like, so you can slide around on that thing. That's, that's just we're talking. I think we're just that's talking just about her voice. face. <laughs> I, I can't sexual. help it. It's just my voice. <laughs> just how I sound. <laughs> but I, I still remember, like, yes, when when I was a child, my mom just like taking Vaseline and just yeah. like smearing it on my face, and I'm like, oh, yeah. My mom would cover my mom would cover us up in like mineral oil mm-hmm. uh, in the morning. It's essentially it is a black mom trick. Like yeah. this is not like they called it a new term, but it is an old trick from every black mother's book. Cover your children in Vaseline. <laughs> yeah, like uh, coconut oil, shea butter, yeah. all these things that were quote unquote discovered recently. Yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> black people have been doing for literal centuries. Yeah. Yes, yes. Uh, but I do like the idea of even turning that moment into a self care moment because the fact that you do it a few times a week, it's like, oh, it's like an intentional choice to say, I'm going to yeah. take care of my skin. I'm going to take care of me. Yeah. Well, I feel like there's like, especially with the modern day skincare, there's a lot of exfoliants and yeah. like cleaning out impurities. But it's like you're really doing a lot of damage to your yeah. skin. And um, I like I don't know what the process is called, but I learned it's so essentially what I do is I do uh, retinol one night, mm-hmm. then I do an exfoliant next night, and then I do two days of recovery. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And then I do and that's the when I do the slugging and then I go back and then I repeat the pattern oh, uh, after that. That I, I've never heard of of that. Um I am a random person, so I end up probably doing that anyway. <laughs> just like <laughs> doing my skincare yeah. a couple nights in a row that I'll forget it like a couple nights. Mm-hmm. So I probably end up doing that anyway, but it, there's no method to that. It's just yeah. some nights <laughs> I just, all I have the energy to do is like, uh, if I have makeup on that day, take it yeah. off. I, I That's one thing I'm pretty good with is... Uh, yeah. I feel like out. it's kind of important. Like there's so many aspects of skincare that I feel is like stripping, stripping, stripping. And like, yeah. I think the kindest thing we do is like a moisturizer. Yeah, I'm like, yes. so sometimes you got to just be way nicer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, true. Yeah. Well, speaking of uh, being kind to your face, you also can do a serious beat. Like you are really great with makeup. That's how I discovered you. Actually, I was so confused when Grace said, oh, Solomon's <laughs> a writer in my room. And I was like, 
the drag queen? <laughs> and I was like, that's so cool. <laughs> I was like, that's incredible. And she was like, he's also a writer. And I was like, mm, and a comedian. I've seen him be beautiful. <laughs> he contains multitudes. Amy. And then that, and I watched a lot of your stand up after that. But I knew you. I I don't know how my Instagram only showed me you in drag, but I only <laughs> knew you as a beautiful woman. And it was delightful to know that you had so many talents. <laughs> I appreciate. I, for me, it's like I don't really because drag is like a whole performance thing. I just for, like I just use the time during the uh, the pandemic that we had yeah. to uh, go crazy. I just was like, okay. I don't like I don't I like I like I can meditate every once in a while, but mm-hmm. it it's just gonna drive me crazy to have my voice in my head and like learn like I was like one thing I've always wanted to do was to get really good at makeup, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, and I just was like you know what let's look up let's p- bust at the tutorials because like I knew I had some right. idea but this time I was like I'm going in yes I'm gonna know everything yes. <laughs> so, that's so cool so and, did you specifically study like drag artists um, or were you just like in general, I want to learn about makeup. It's It started with drag artists. And then there's also like, I wanted to get good at doing like my own like face at night. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, so like just doing it like a, a, a like a, just a boy beat or mm-hmm. whatever that's a, what I call it. And I just wanted to, so yeah, essentially started there. And then I started following a bunch of other makeup people. And then now I'm just, half my TikTok is just makeup Absolutely. tutorials. Makeup. <laughs> yes, yes. So cool. uh, do you have any quick and dirty like makeup tip for us? Like, like um, don't contour so much or <laughs> I don't know like because I, I need to relearn because I was we don't know of, shit yeah okay? I'm just saying like I was the opposite of you Solomon during the pandemic I quit wearing makeup entirely so the first time I did my makeup to go out like post pandemic mm-hmm. I looked atrocious because I had forgotten how to do <laughs> everything um so I think there's I think there's just essentially this it's learning to have a day and a night face. Mm. I think that's always important. Like Ooh, something cool. like contouring is I would do at night. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, gotcha, but gotcha. like during the day, bronzer is always the fucking yeah, best. Um, and what I learned uh, recently uh, is how like I've been like very focused on transfer proof makeup, mm-hmm. especially mm. since all my makeup was yeah. brown. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and the setting spray that I realized that is that actually is the most effective. Mm-hmm. Uh, it smells terrible. Oh no! Huh? Uh, but it's the uh, Ben Nye uh, final oh, seal. Oh, makeup. Uh, yeah. Yes, it is. It's a like, and I. It is. It smells like. It takes a second for the smell to go away, mm-hmm. and then you. And then I. But it's shiny, so I blot it with uh, the Fenty uh, blotting powder mm-hmm. afterwards. And I'm this you down. can t- put a tissue up to <laughs> my yeah, face. Yeah, Amy is literally, literally like, thinking. <laughs> 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 Because I need to get You better. can put it to my, like, right up to my face and nothing comes off. Wow. That's afterward. so good. Like, it's like, it's like, it's, it, it, like, you could wear a white shirt, a white dress with that, like, Holy as long shit. as you do that and put the powder over it, oh, you're good. Incredible. Oh, okay. um, that, that, that is very useful because uh, Amy and I did a show and <laughs> yes. I uh, got a, a full beat, but like a dummy, I, <laughs> I don't know why I thought I could just put on a turtleneck dress with uh, this full makeup on. And of course, I like uh, ruined um, my thing. But I did learn a tip um, to get your makeup off that you can use a Clorox wipe to get makeup off your uh, clothing. That is something I did not know before. It, it comes off pretty easily. It's just very disheartening to see it. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. (laughs) Because she's like... You're yeah, because like, so people look at you like, did you just eat chocolate? <laughs> I'm like, no. <laughs> did you poop on your shirt? No. <laughs> did you shit on your neck? <laughs> <laughs> oh no, that's racist. 
Uh, wow, Solomon, we feel so much better now that we've talked to you today. This has been Aww. so great. Yes, she's it right. Uh, it's still 2022. Uh, but you know what? It sucks a little less because mm-hmm. we talked to you. Oh, you know what? That's all that matters. <laughs> it really is. As long as I make you feel better. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Do you have anything coming up that you want to tell us about? Anything you'd like to plug? It can um, even be something you love, not something you created. Well, actually, the thing that I am excited for that I got to be working on is the most current project that I'm doing with Grace, uh, which is uh, Survival of the Thickest. Uh, yes. That will be out next year at some point. Yes. And yeah, I've, it's truly been like, I feel like I've, this is probably the funniest show I ever, I've worked on some funny shows and this is probably the funniest I've, I've oh, got to I love be that. a part of. Um, of course, your your amazing podcast, The Juice. Yes, uh, yes, yes. Please listen to that. I, I, I yeah, I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> that also. What else I got going projects? on? I don't know. I was being my wigs here. <laughs> okay, Solomon. And where can people find you on the internet? Um, I'm Solomon Giorgio all across the board. There's no other Solomon Giorgio. And if there is one, you're now uh, required to take them down. <laughs> yes. You're on notice. <laughs> We're coming for that ace. I will show nudes if you follow me. I won't. I'm sorry. That's a lie. I've never sent a nude in my life. I have yet to receive. <laughs> That's a full, full lie. I've never sent a nude once. I've never even taken a, a nude. So <laughs> I don't even same, know why. Same, oh, same. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm a liar. <laughs> <laughs> Best kind of gossip is the lies. <laughs> I will lie to you if you follow me. That's hundred percent true. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us, Solomon. Thank you so Bye. much, Solomon. Bye. My absolute pleasure. Bye. Okay, to close us out, we're doing our creative tap-in, which is our segment about creativity. Amy, are you ready for this week's quote? Amy, girl. I feel like the youthful experience is what drives the creativity. And I feel like experience and maturity as an adult, experience as an elder statesman, that refines it. And that is by Black Thought. One more time. I feel like the youthful experience is what drives the creativity. And I feel like experience and maturity as an adult, experience as an elder statesman, that refines it. And again, that's by Black Thought. Ooh. I mean, Black Thought is allowed to say as an elder statesman. I don't know if I would be (laughs) whipping out words like that. I was like, elder statesman. But he truly is. But I think I agree. I think what this quote makes me think is, yes, a play. You know, we've talked about Brene Brown before and the ability to have that childlike sense of play and to return to play. That's what, that is what drives creativity. That's what makes you creative. And even if you're not a creative as a job, being able to have that ability to have creative moments in your day and in your life, like that is, that makes you better at your job, no matter what you do and makes you better at living no matter what you do. And I do think that refining your creativity as you get older, like by taking classes, by like gaining new skills, by um, honing your voice, like that does refine, like those things do refine your creativity. So I agree with the quote. And I think what it makes me think of, like not even relating it to our careers, I almost want to just relate it to growing up. I think one of the most beautiful moments, the most beautiful things about becoming an adult is remembering that sense of play and making sure like not to let it go um, and to find the times in your day and in your life when you can 
uh, dig deeper into that childlike part of yourself so that your creativity can flow again. What does it make you think, Grace? I just thought, like, youthful experience. Uh, I grew up a Black immigrant going to a Republican-leaning Catholic school. So you yes. can um, you can imagine how that went, you know? So <laughs> I realized that part of the reason why I am an artist is trauma. <laughs> Oh, so those youth, sure. yeah, those youthful experiences, those are kind of what made me want to make art. Because what happens a lot of times when you go through like a tough childhood, like when you go through like bullying at school and stuff like that, you're just like, I'll show you. I'm going to make it someday. And so as a result, part of the reason I am an artist is because I kind of had a tough time growing up. Um, but what a maturity and becoming a quote unquote elder statesman, which I am not yet. Uh, I think what I it, it teaches you is to go back into those experiences that were so traumatizing and hurtful at the time and actually be able to use those. And as you get older and get further into your artistic journey, I feel like it becomes easier and quicker to do that. So like, I'm Ooh. I'm at the point now where if something wild happens to me like this weekend or whatever, all Monday when I get back into my writing room, I can actually process that and like put that in the script now. You know what I'm saying? Like I've I what maturity and growing as an artist has done is been able to take, yeah, those experiences from the past, like the traumas of the past. High school, Jesus Christ, was very traumatic. Uh, you know, middle school, traumatic. Uh, that I'm able to, like, take those moments and, like, infuse, not if not the actual experience, but the feeling of that experience into a character that is having a completely different experience than me. Uh, so I think you're just quicker at it and better at it the further and further you go along. So, like, those early moments uh, can teach you a lot and can sort of make you a more three-dimensional human being because you've been through shit. But then the maturity allows you, uh, not only just the maturity as a human being, but the maturity as an artist allows you to be able to take those experiences and actually spin them into something that can be used in, in your art. Oh my God, Grace. I'm so glad you said that. Fuck what I said. <laughs> I don't know what I said. It was a mess of words. It was a word sound. No, no. But I'll was, tell you what. It was good. It was, it was wonderful. <laughs> it was fine. Um, but this was great because it reminded me, I have a saying that I say to myself whenever shit goes left in my life, mm -hmm. I always say everything is story. I, yes. anytime, I remember one time I was driving to a friend's house and I just took a turn real wonky and I hit the curb and my tire exploded. And I was like, what the fuck? And I was like, I don't have the money to deal with this. Da, da, da. And then I was like, everything is story. I never called AAA. And now I'm going to do it. And I'm going to know how to write this. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, and I know the stress of this moment and how long I'll actually be late to the thing that I was going to because I have to deal with this. Yeah. And I started kind of becoming like, not, I was still feeling stressed, but I was like almost like an observer of my life moment yeah. instead of being immersed in it. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, when things go left, I mean, I, I've been through breakups where I'm like, this will be a great pilot someday. <laughs> and I'm just like, and you're just like, and I still am in it. Yeah. Um, but that ability to process it and not to deny the emotion, but to realize that the emotions are valid because they're going to give you fodder. Um, 
to heal because yeah. through writing I heal. Yeah. Um, that that is so deep, and I love that connection to like not just acknowledging that you have trauma, but that trauma actually feeds into how you can be so good at writing character and excavating human emotion yeah, because you felt, you felt them. That's why we do this thing. Thanks for listening to The Antidote. We hope this injected a little bit of joy into your week. I know it did mine. How about you, Amy? Mm, I feel good, girl. We should do this again sometime. Oh, we'll be here next week. And in the meantime, if you'd like to follow us on social, follow me, Grace, at Gracieact. That's G-R-A-C-Y-A-C-T. And follow me, Amy, at Amy Aniobi. That's A-M-Y-A-N-I-O-B-I. And follow the show at The Antidote Pod. That's the with two E's. If you like feeling good about yourself, please subscribe at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast, girl. Goodbye. And put some oil on your face. The Antidote is hosted by us, Amy Aniobi and Grace Edwards. The show's production team includes senior producers Sierra Spragley-Ricks and Marcel Malikibu. Our executive producer is Erica Krauss, and our editor is Erica Janik. Sound mixing by Alex Simpson. Digital production by Miju Sayuni. Talent booking by Marion Ways. Our theme music was composed and produced by TT the Artist and Cosmo the Truth. APM studio executives in charge are Chandra Kavati, Alex Shafford, and Joanne Griffith. Concept created by Amy Aniobi and Grace Edwards. Send us your antidotes at antidoteshow.org. And remember to follow us on social media at The Antidote Pod. That's the with two E's, y'all. The Antidote is a production of American Public Media. Yay, yay.